Hello and welcome to the Bound Cause. We have found our cause in Zimmer, the Lord Jesus Christ. I am Michael, the man behind the machine, and to my right, your left is Sebastian, the bookkeeper. Sebastian, uh, you might notice we are tiny on the screen and our viewers will as well, unless you're listening via audio. And that is because today is not just a regular response video. Today is a response video to church mission statements. So we have pulled up right now a church mission statement, and you'll see a bunch of tabs on the top because I don't hide any of my tabs. Uh, you will see one, two, three, four, five, six different church mission statements today. And I want to give a mission statement on why we're even talking about mission statements. That way you're not bored out of your mind, Sebastian. A um, couple of sides. First, if you don't know, Sebastian loves Eastern Christianity. And he came over to the studio today with a book called The Jesus Sutras, which sounds like he's about to teach me how to meditate and vision quest for Jesus. Um, it kind of is. But Sebastian did a huge episode with me a couple episodes back called like Eastern Christianity, what you need to know, a definitive guide, I think is what we called it. And uh, it's very good if you want to check it out. The main impetus of it is that uh, Christianity went to the east and not just east like i.e. Russia, but past Persia into China and then all the places in between. Which is really interesting because we talk to Catholics often who think that the Roman world is the center of the world and then everybody else is heretics. And Sebastian's kind of on a mission to show that that is not the case and that the Bible really did tell the truth when it said it would go to the ends of the earth. And so it did. And that even though today we think of some of those far eastern places as places that the U.S. or Westerners uh, disciple and mission to, um, the truth is they were Christians before Westerners. And yes, God has blessed them via the West today, but he also blessed them previously so it's just they were just at a low when the west came and really the judgment on the the governments of those places that their christians would have been killed and the west would have to come colonize them again but um i just wanted to say that because sebastian was reading me the entire jesus sutras book essentially at dinner time and with a little bit of wine i was basically falling asleep so i know this topic the mission statement topic might be kind of a, a michael topic so i apologize in advance if it also bores you to sleep but just like the jesus sutras there's a point to it, and if I don't talk about it, you'll probably never hear somebody talk about it. So, Sebastian, do you have any comments about mission statements before I do my spiel? Yes, because how are you going to find a good church if you don't know what they're all about? I mean, that's pretty much what I would think of when you say mission statement. I want to know what is important to this church, what, what are their priorities, are they actually doing these things? And do I agree with them? Right. And in case you aren't familiar, a mission statement is the statement of something's mission. comes usually from companies. <laughs> companies have a mission statement like, we're going to make the best car for the most affordable price, Toyota, or whatever, whatever their particular mission statement is. And so churches have adopted that corporate lingo to, to create mission statement, goals statements for their particular churches. And the thought process is that while the church has one mission statement, and that's the Great Commission, which is to make disciples of all the nations and teach them to obey Jesus's commands, um, that's a broad church statement, but each particular church might have a different spin on that. So, um, for example, a Taiwanese church, they might just have the Great Commission in Taiwan to make Taiwan or their particular city, or maybe they have a, a particular strategy. Um, in any case, you'll notice that some of those mission statements can branch off of the Bible pretty significantly because mm -hmm. they're just being made up by men. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's not. The reason I was inspired to do this response video instead of like a response to TikToks or whatever we normally do is that 
I was sitting in church two weeks ago. I go to Bethlehem Baptist Church here in Minneapolis, and a uh, great sermon by our lead pastor, except he brought up a um, point where he was talking about issues that Christians are losing to in culture. And that's basically all he had to say on the point. It was a sub-point. It wasn't the main point of the, the sermon. But it really bothers me for somebody to just bring up the points that Christians are losing in and to not have some exhortation like, let's go win, or here's here's how you respond to that. Like, let's build strong families. And I was ranting to Sebastian and my wife <laughs> um, about two weeks ago, and I was bothered by it. I went to sleep thinking, okay, you don't just want to rant against something. What would you want how would you want the pastor to exhort his his congregation? So if I was in a position of eldership or just while I'm a congregant and I'm hearing to somebody, how would I want them to exhort the congregation? And so I was thinking, what are good church mission statements? What's a good mission statement so that you can preach it to the congregation when you talk about how Christianity is currently losing in the culture, but here's our mission and here's how we're going to win. Because that's what a general would do. That's what churches should do. Um, Long story short, I was going to bed that night, and I was on the hottest place on the internet, gab.com, which is um, probably going to get me on some sort of um, watch list at some point in my life if I'm not already. Um, but Gab has a lot of Christians, a lot of non-Christians too, but a lot of Christians. And I saw the co-author for uh, It's Good to Be a Man, a book I've already praised in this um, show before, Non-Tenant. Non-Tenant is a man in New Zealand, so not an American, so this is not even an American take on it. He's from the manospheres, those manly men people. But uh, I've I follow lots of the people in the manosphere, the supermans, men, Christian people, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them are imbalanced, I think, and, and take their man's man stuff too far, or it's more too central in their their vision of Christian thinking because they think it's so important, which I totally understand. I get it, um, but I think to have a good balanced church, that shouldn't be your mission statement. So um, to the credit of Non-Tenant and Michael Foster's co-author, they seem to be very balanced man's men. Um, not to say they always will be, you know, let's let's watch them, may the Lord keep them, but Nantenet is founding a church in New Zealand, and I wanted to share his mission statement because it really encouraged me to see somebody giving a balanced mission statement that hit exactly the need I was looking for, but also wasn't some crazy fringe thing, even though it's on Gab. And uh, to, to give it its due, I want to show you it, and then my church's mission statement, which is fine, Sebastian's church mission statement, which is fine, and then keep going to show you like Sebastian said, how you discern if you're looking for a church online, what might be a good mission statement, which is a bad one. They're kind of hard to discern, um, FYI. But then two, just to to, to examine how, how different churches take the mission statement principle and uh, how I think some mission statements aren't very usable in exhorting the congregation and some are highly practical. So without further ado, Sebastian, please comment so that it's not just a snooze fest. <laughs> I'm going to read out, you probably can't see it unless you zoom in or if you're listening to audio only, so I'm going to read out portions of the mission from Non-Tenets Church. Again, they're in New Zealand, so know that when I mention Oratoria, I don't know how to say that except to pronounce it like that at some New Zealand city. Here we go. The mission. To make Oratoria a Christian city, we are committed in doing whatever work the Lord gives us through whatever grace he provides to establish his claim over our city. We intend to break down the gates of Hades, rescue souls, and take every square inch for Christ until Satan has not even a toehold in this town, and Victoria is known as a sanctuary for the faithful, a stronghold of God's law, and a city on a hill. Three comments. One, it's not so rare for a church to say they want to make their local place Christian, right? I think that is generally the mission statement of every single church, because it's following after the Great Commission to go make disciples and teach people to obey his law. However, 
you'll notice not a single other church on our list here has that explicitly in their mission statement. And I think it's because they don't believe they will actually change their city, their local congregation, to being fully Christian, or at least as Christian as this is. Now, this mission statement, I think you, they're, they're being ambitious here. I don't think we have a promise of God that any of our cities will turn to Christian to be Christian. But that should always be the goal, shouldn't it? To, to fully mm-hmm. disciple a city. So I love this mission statement. It, yes, it's very ambitious to make an entire city Christian. But, you know, <laughs> and we don't have a promise that that will happen. But that doesn't mean it's not the mission. So, so, there you go. I also will just notice there that uh, they they make the, it's not just making them generically Christian, Pretoria, the city. It's also making them a sanctuary for the faithful, a stronghold mm-hmm. of God's law, and a city on a hill, i.e., one that other people look to and has good law. So it's not just that everybody there is Christian, but the city itself has been affected by the gospel in a way that changes its law and the way that people look up to. So I really like that just generic mission statement. Something that stood out to me second time reading this are there's a mention of satan which is in my humble opinion uncommon amongst protestant circles because protestants tend to shy away from talking about demons or i mean okay yes there's some charismatics and also pentecostals i assume they would be more open to to that but many baptists i would say at least i have my experience has been they're not that open to even mentioning satan or demons so it's like wow yeah no satan we will keep Satan out by preaching the gospel here. So, mm-hmm. again, you're rallying the troops. That's how I see it. Like this really rallies, uh, rallies you to one. Let's get, let's get to it. Yeah, and and I think so. If you left it just as that, that's just the mission statement. Um, that's cool. It's good. We just complimented it, but it's not really enough meat on it. Like how the next question is, how do you do that? How do you make Victoria mm-hmm. a city known as sanctuary, stronghold of God's law, and a city on the hill? And these are, again, more general rules. It's not going to be an exact step list. At first, you, you know, take over CNN, and then you broadcast live <laughs> your sermons or whatever else. I think that would be a little too much anyways because you want to be flexible. However, um, non-tenant at this Retoria Church want, uh, makes seven methods on how they intend to do this. And this is where I think it becomes more balanced because the mission statement kind of edgy, um, honestly, so that could be a little too edgy for some. Here's the methods, and I appreciate them a lot. Number one, or I should say method. Here's his exact words, method. We have a high-level commitment to building God's kingdom by, number one, celebrating the Lord's service faithfully every week to renew covenant with him in word and sacrament. Pause. Totally normal, having having service every week. Every church does this. Surprising it's not in their mission statement somewhere because it's they are committed to having mm-hmm. church every Sunday. Maybe not some that shut down, um, but most. Let me point out, I find interesting the use of sacrament. Normally, Methodists tend to use that word, not so much Baptists. Yeah, it's kind of odd. Um, I think he's Presbyterian. Ah, so got it. There you go. So he's calling. It's just the Lord's Suppers. They make a big deal out of Lord's Supper. I personally don't. Um, so fight me on that one. I'm willing to be corrected, but I, you know, I celebrate it. But it's not as um, freakishly holy as I think some make it out to be. But in any case, call it a sacrament. Number two, helping everyday Christians to interpret and appreciate God's word so they can know His will in every issue of life. Great. And this is one, again, it's, it's obvious. Uh, you, almost all churches push for their congregants to read and understand scripture. That's like the whole point of preaching, right? Is to exhort people in God's word and, and learn about God's word and, and exhort, you know, remind people of God's word if they've already read it. Um, but I'm glad it's, it's put out. 
officially on paper that they want to do this and this these are the methods they plan to make Rhetoria a Christian city is faithfully having regular church and faithfully in that church interpreting God's word so that they can know his will on every issue of life, meaning the Bible speaks to every issue of life. So it's almost like one of those um, statement of faith that churches also have on their websites that we've reviewed before. If you've already seen our church mm-hmm. website review, um, we're not going to be doing full website reviews here, but um, it's almost in putting that into the methods, which would make sense. Methods and uh, faith should go together. Amen. Three, fostering a church culture that is welcoming and accessible. Pause. <laughs> Um, these are like red flags for me. You're like, oh, <laughs> like the wheelchair ramps and the gay flags and everything else is what you think this would be followed by. But I'll go back to his point. Fostering a church culture that is welcoming and accessible, but which also challenges members to press on to perfect love and piety. And this is where I think the great balance is because he has that what could be kind of woke, weird side of welcoming and accessible, but he balances it with you you still you don't welcoming accessible doesn't mean you don't call people out and don't push people on to to love perfect love and piety i.e we want to be welcoming and loving and acceptable to brothers who sin to sisters who sin um but when they sin correct them press them don't accept somebody for their homosexuality don't accept somebody because they're adulterer. don't accept somebody because their drug addiction or whatever it is you can welcome them and love them for all their sin but still push them on their sin points so that they grow in perfect love and piety i think that's good so these are all regular church things. Number one, two, and three, totally regular church things. And that's great because, again, this is like a manosphere man, and he could have made one, two, and three be like, buy a gun. Um, <laughs> everybody in the congregation has a gun. Everybody's wife works at home, and then we're homeschooling everybody, which <laughs> I don't have a problem with those things, um, but that would be like unbalanced. I like these methods because they are normal, and I think he's stating the obvious, which is great because sometimes the obvious gets overlooked. Number four, respecting sphere sovereignty. So there is room for members to minister to their own families, and communities. This, you might be unfamiliar with the mm. word, the phrase sphere sovereignty, but that just means that each authority on the earth has been given a certain sphere that they are sovereign over, a certain domain they're sovereign over, i.e. a father is in charge of his house. He has authority over his household, whether it's just him or it's him and his wife or it's him and his wife and his children. That's his sphere. But his authority does not extend outside of his household, i.e. one husband doesn't have rights over somebody else's wife. He can't tell her what to do like a husband of his own wife can. Um, equally, the church has a certain sphere of sovereignty over its members. So a church can excommunicate a member, can exhort a member to do something, can, can do things against a member, discipline a member um, that, that just a simple husband couldn't. And then equally, um, the government has a certain sphere of authority, and it doesn't encroach on the church's sphere of authority. So the government can put people to death. It charges taxes. It does war, right? The church doesn't do any of those things. However... The government does not have a right to say who gets excommunicated from church, who gets disciplined, what faith is defined as, what church mission statements are, all of that. And then equally, the church does not have a say in the family to say, oh, Father, um, you can't do, you can't homeschool. You, you have to homeschool. You can't um, wake up and play rock music on the weekends, you know, whatever. Like the, the church does not have sovereignty over the family, and the family doesn't have sovereignty over the church. So these are respected spheres. And I appreciate that's kind of odd, but... It, I think it plays into not shutting down the church for government attacks, but also not allowing the church to dictate things to families that families have the right to decide for themselves, like homeschooling, which I think can be very contentious in conservative churches because of how pushy the homeschool crowd is. I intend to homeschool, FYI, so it's not even like I'm against homeschooling, but um, we should all admit how pushy the homeschool crowd can be, and I think this is a respect in both ways. So some that would be pro other things that... um, 
they don't want the church to enforce in families that really aren't biblical, so they don't get enforced. Very fascinating. I see this as a jab to take this Lutherans because, you know, they, they in Europe they loved mixing, appointing ministers for the church, the government, mm -hmm. telling the church what the mission statement, what the, the creeds would be, greater extents in some places than others, and also to the old churches, supposedly, you know, Orthodox and Catholics, that they mandate how the state should act. Right. And if not, you will be burned. I mean, even though the state is the one that did the execution, but sponsored by the church. Right. And so the church is still to call out to the government to recommend things, and same to the families. The church is to recommend to families things, and equally the families recommend things to churches, and um, the government rec can recommend things to churches and families alike, uh, but they, they don't actually have authority in those spheres. Number five, cultivating strong, holy, and fruitful Christian households. goes mm. hand in hand, I think, with number four. You're, you're exhorting households to be good. But this is where I think the practicalness of how you preach to your congregation comes alive. Not only are we using number one to have people come to church physically. Um, two, you're helping people interpret God's word, meaning you're focused on God's word. Number three, you are um, being loving but pushing people onto faith, i.e. and, and piety meaning pushing them against sin so teaching them repentance of sin four you're resisting the government and resisting the attacks on people's families and five you're cultivating strong holy and fruitful christian households which i think is really the crux of how you react to losing as christians in culture and that is strengthening your own households focusing on um, building up in god's will and understanding his word and being welcoming and accessible but pushing each other on perfect love like these are the ways you fight back against a dying Christian culture. And so I'm glad they're written out here. Not to impersonate my pastor. This is something that's been strongly emphasized by him in the recent sermons that parents, you don't just come to church and then forget about God during the week. You have to teach your kids. You have to engage with them because you're, you live with them. Yeah. How are they going to walk in the steps of the Lord? Yes, of course, the Lord is sovereign and he can uh, make a straight line with a crooked stick. Yes, I understand. But we are encouraged by proverbs by general wisdom of the scripture spoken by himself to and in the shema to teach the kids the principles of the lord so i think it'd be wise for parents to you want to see transformation in society start with your family start by teaching your kids not just on sundays but every day of the week yeah in different ways so i just became a pastor but i fully support i fully support this yeah I agree. Number six, I'll just fly through now. Proactively engaging with and reforming Rotoria's culture through Christian leadership in the public square. This means pushing the culture of Rotoria, not being afraid, not bunkering up, um, and also not agreeing with Rotoria's current culture because it's currently not Christian culture, right? And that should go for all our cities because probably your city isn't a Christian city, as I don't think really any are these days. And so pushing it in the public square to... to proactively fight against things like abortion or unjust laws or whatever they be that the church's role is to do that which i think is great again you're not disrespecting sovereignty you're not going out and executing people or or whatever else um like muslims or misguided christians might but you are engaging and reforming the culture around you as to, to go to the mission statement to make Rotoria a christian city and then lastly uh, number seven planting new churches and cooperating with existing ones wherever the mm -hmm. lord provides qualified fellow laborers important this, this one might seem obvious because you know that's a pretty normal church thing to plant other churches to go and multiply like you multiply disciples to plant other churches however i want you to put a pin and note that this this point this method 
is actually very painful for churches because usually planting new churches means giving a portion of your eldership and membership to another church to get them started. So you split your eldership, you split the money, you split the power, you split the influence to another church. And so the whole unit is better off because now you have two churches and usually those two churches and a growing at double the rate or servicing people better because they're smaller and able to actually cater to the local congregation. So it is better and it is God's vision, but it hurts the church that does it in the temporary. And so a lot of churches either reluctantly do this, they don't put in their mission statement, or they have the polar opposite mission statement, which we'll see in a couple of them. So just put a pin in this to note that this might seem mundane, but it's actually not. Um, And I really appreciate it, not only here, but um, in my own church as well, which puts a big emphasis on it. It's so easy for us to fall into the short term that I will not be seeing any immediate effects. In fact, it might hurt me in the short term Mm -hmm. as a leadership in the church. But in the long term, you're going to slowly expand the influence of of the faithful. Yeah. Which it's difficult for us humans to deal with because we want things now or actually we wanted it yesterday. Yeah. So I spent a long time on that one. That's what I think a really good church mission and method is. Um, we're going to fly through some of the other ones just so that we're not spending way too much time on it. But I really like this one. This is really the crux of why I made this episode, why we're doing this episode, because I was looking for a good balanced mission statement with practical application that wasn't too specific or like way too edgy. And this is just the perfect amount of edgy with balance. Um, so without further ado, me and Sebastian are going to review our own church's websites. This is not meant to bash our eldership. Honestly, Sebastian's on the board of his church and <laughs> helps make this website. Myself. Be bashing himself. <laughs> um, so it's, it's not meant to do any of that. I just want to review it because good diversity in the body is great. Um, to see different thoughts on mission statements. And I do want you at home, and, and we'll examine to, to notice some of these biblical churches, like me and Sebastian like our churches. So, of course, we're biased to say that our, our missions uh-huh. are good. Um, and then as we head to less and less biblical churches, um, how the mission statement changes, because it's pretty subtle. And I want you to notice how it changes so that you can read it home into a mission statement and be like, you know, that's really missing some key stuff. I bet this church has a problem in the missions area. So well, without further ado, I'll flip over to Bethlehem Baptist Church. Okay, so this is Bethlehem Baptist Church. I'm not going to explore the website. Like I said, we've already done website review. But if you go to their mission statement, they have a very simple mission statement and then some expansion on that. Um, their mission, a famous one made famous by John Piper. We exist to spread a passion for the supremacy of God in all things for the joy of all peoples through Jesus Christ. Simple. Um, it's got the all peoples things, which I think denotes that their mission's focused. I, you like spreading the gospel mm-hmm. to other peoples and that God is supreme over all things. So I like it. It's very simple, of course, but that's missions usually are supposed to be simple. Uh, our aim, this is their, their again, John Piper-inspired Christian hedonism thing. Our desire is your happiness and God, for God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Uh, that's fine. I'm not a Christian hedonist, so I, I I don't think that's the only aim, but whatever, they put that as their aim, and they got to be focused yeah. somewhere. And then I just want to show, Bethlehem has a unique set of things. We've got 14 priorities at Bethlehem. So it's going to be a little different than the one you just read. These are just straight up like list of priorities. They have upreach, inreach, and outreach. So kind of oddly organized. But this is their basically their method. So their mission was short. Um, I'll say as being part of Bethlehem, I know that they also have a mission to fill these cities. They're in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Fill these cities with Christians um, by year 2025. So they've got a mission to like convert the Twin Cities. 
But notice they, they fall way short of saying, like, we're going to make the Twin Cities Christian or that we aim to make the Twin Cities Christian. They just say filled them. So um, less ambitious. I don't like it as much, but generally the same ethos. Um, There's a good spirit behind it. Yeah. And the way they want to fill the cities is by several things here, 14 points. Upreach, meaning worship. Um, they've got their their affirmation of faith as their number one, God-centered worship at number two, and then Christian hedonism at number three. And get that kind of translates to just worship God yourself. Then they have inreach, meaning their internal growth. And you can see they've got um, points four to 12 of the 14 are part of inreach. So a lot of focus on inreach, which I think is really good because churches should be serving their own body mm-hmm. um, as well. And that is small groups, pretty typical adult education, ethnic harmony, um, just not being racist. Okay. As much as like a, that is a buzzword and sometimes it's a buzzword at my church, um, if you take it for what it should mean, that's good. We should be getting along with other ethnicities because they don't actually matter. Seven, mercy and justice ministries. That is to say, like giving, I mean, practically it's just giving like food pantries and things like that. Justice is interesting. I think it speaks to the abortion ministry here. Um, I think this is where it would help to be more specific, like with the, the previous mission statement that we said and how how, how are you doing justice? Are you speaking publicly against things? Um, but whatever, that's what they got. Or social justice. Right, <laughs> right. Because justice can mean a lot of things these days. You don't want to get it confused. Eight, biblical manhood and womanhood. That's great, super great. Um, we have a statement of it. I think it is a fight in the church these days, even within Bethlehem Baptist. So I'm glad it's there. Nine, biblical counseling. So personal ministering to people. Ten, discipling the mm-hmm. next generation, which is great. Because um, children are the future by definition. Eleven, caring for the most vulnerable. So another caring ministry, kind of like the mercy ministry. You kind of repeat. Uh, Twelve, God-centered enjoyment and wartime lifestyle. Uh, that's oh. ambitious. I like the phrasing there. Wartime lifestyle, meaning like always be pushing for the mission. And then outreach, I, outreach, doing missions, global outreach, and then local outreach. So local outreach would be transforming these cities, and global would be transforming the world. Um, I like it. It's very short and sweet. Um, it's not super specific, but it's not super not specific. So I'm going to give that a good rating. I'd say it's close to the one we just reviewed on Gavin. I just liked that one better because it was a ledger. Right. That, that would be my really my only criticism as well, that there's there's not enough information for me. I would like to know more. I mean, I am familiar with Bethlehem Baptist, but it's everyone in the world. No, so... It would be beneficial to have more info. And I'll say what's not here, and and it would be part of their outreach, is their local outreach involves a very extensive church planting network. Because mm-hmm. with all the flaws that Bethlehem Baptist has, as any church has, it is very pushy on church planting, and in a very good way. It's very self-sacrificial, losing its members. And, and it's, it's um, planted churches also plant churches, so and truly they do. So it's not just an idea. They actually do it. Um, so that's a really good... Um, it's not specific here, just as local outreach, but I just want to point that out. They do that. All right, so that's Bethlehem Baptist. Moving on to the about us of Woodbury Baptist, because got to be Baptist to be one of us. <laughs> Woodbury Baptist has a shorter one. You want to read it? Sure. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and him alone. We are rooted in God's promises and growing in God's purposes in order to transform our world with God's love. We praise and worship God. We grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. We commit our gifts and talents to ministry. We love and care for one another. We invite others to life in Christ. I feel like I'm getting flashbacks to like some Sunday worship because we read this sometimes in oh, Sunday yeah? worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and, tells you, just to decide, uh-huh. that mission statements aren't just 
like ooey gooey we'll never look at this again but you can preach from them if they're good you know sometimes they're like awful and you never preach in them sometimes Bethlehem Baptist uses it's like really short one um but the more meaningful your mission statement is the more it's going to be important to your church some observations rooted in God and obviously we hold to the old and new testament so promises all throughout and purpose in our lives transform the world so there's some outreach there we worship God of course personal discipleship very important it's not just ticket punch mm -hmm. salvation you use your gifts that God has given you don't just sit in your butt and do nothing and we share in community the love of Christ my only my only only kind and gentle suggestion we invite others to life in Christ that's very old-fashioned from the US yeah from the 70s type of preaching I would say their call might be a stronger firmer word to use rather than invite it seems very very polite to say invite yeah invite means you have the, the choice to decline and it wouldn't bother you you know I invite you to my wedding and if you decline I'm like oh one less mouth to feed but uh <laughs> if I call you to my wedding that's like come to my wedding I'll be disappointed if you aren't there so calling I do agree is a stronger word and this is something I help contribute. Personally, okay, yeah. <laughs> we are Orthodox. We believe that Christians throughout the ages have believed and have believed stated in the Apostles' Creed. And we have, of course, the, the Apostles' Creed right there. Mm -hmm. But Orthodox, simply to emphasize that, like many places out there that say they're either Baptist, Lutheran, whatever denomination may be, do they believe the Bible is real? Sometimes they don't for their own detriment. So part of that orthodox or we don't believe in buddhist christianity or whatever that may be just traditional right which is a really good flag signal to those looking for churches so what's useful about that mission statement is that it's straight up useful that you're a bible believing church agreed the bible reveals the purpose we hold the bible to be the inspired and true word of god and of course, we also do have a global outreach sponsors and missionaries. Overall, I like it. I clearly have some improvements that I could that I could gently suggest in addition. So ironically, it's a little bit more wordy, but I think you can take it. It's not that bad. Yeah, I think it says less. I think the irony there is that it says less with more words because it's more like the Apostles' Creed is gigantic on it, which is great. I mean, like, fine if you say the Creed, but like of all the cop-outs that it is to like link to your statement of faith, posting that the Apostles' Creed is kind of like a cop-out as well. Um, and the missions are kind of generic, but mm -hmm. what's good is that they aren't like woke generic, you know, because you can have some really crappy words that like signal that you're actually woke and these clearly aren't, um, but it's not super specific, you know? Um, so it's fine. It's it's orthodox. <laughs> if I can't use it. Totally orthodox. Great. There are areas of improvement. So this is what exactly why we are evaluating this. Anything else you want to say or no? Plot or orthodox. Yeah, I think if you saw one like that, you'd be like, okay, orthodox church. Yeah, it's fine. Nothing. Nothing really stands out, but it is good. Right, and you and good close reading on the invite others to Christ because that would signal to me that there are many in it, and they are. <laughs> so. Fine. Oh, yeah, I will not comment on that. <laughs> yeah.
Now we're going to flip to a local church in the area called River Valley. They're a big multi-campus church. Um, honestly, to promote them here, um, they are led by a pastor husband husband wife duo, which I hate. I really don't like that. Um, I think it's super weak. They're Pentecostal in a root, so all the more indicative of like not usually super wise theologically. And they invite people that are like not Christian, really. Um, what are they called? Motivational speakers to come speak sometimes, like Bob Goff. Yeah, don't like it. Um, <laughs> but to their credit, um, they were the first to advocate to Minnesota, hey, why aren't we allowed to open our churches? We should be able to. And like my church didn't. My church is like big and popular and they didn't do that because they didn't have the guts and River Valley has the guts. So <laughs> props to them. Um, so yes, I think they have a lot of modes of improvement, but I'm, I'm falling short of calling them just straight heretics. Um, but they are on the weak grounds. You can see we're kind of we're kind of diving down into the not so great things. But River Valley, huge church. So this isn't that they lack money. It's not that they lack vision. They have a great website as far as like how it's organized, and they have um, cool ways their missions are, are put here. But it's you're going to see it's going to get pretty corporate um, on this one. Um, first question they ask on their mission page is, what kind of church is River Valley Church? They're a multi-site church with nine physical locations across the Twin Cities, as well as a growing community online. Um, which is, uh, I don't think that's wise. I mean, I'm all for using modern technology and putting your stuff online, but I do not think a church should be online only. And so to consider that a growing community online, that's kind of dumb. Uh, our mission statement is to, our mission is to lead people into an authentic life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. I like mm-hmm. the relationship part, like you were pointing out, Sebastian. So that's, that's good. But um, authentic is such an inauthentic word that I kind of want to like sh- shoot the website when I see it because I'm like, ah, <laughs> a signal that you guys like wear skinny jeans and stuff. Authentic, like it means real, um, but authentic is kind of like an inauthentic word that brands use. So I don't really like it. Yes. Normally I have not seen good, um, good things when From the word authentic, authentic is used <laughs> in, a, in a site like that. Yeah. So. We start with the people right where they are. No one here is perfect and no one is expected to be. Oh, We want to point people to Jesus and help them take their first steps in their relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is, this word get feisty. I see some defeatist attitude yeah. right there. No one here is perfect. That's a fine word. In fact, we should definitely say that. And by the power of God, we are called to perfection and empowered by the spirit every single day of our lives to walk in love and faith by the grace of Jesus Christ. You see how, yes. You can start with negative, but you end in positive. No one is expected to be. That's a double negative. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, well, technically, no one expects you to start walking in water and, you know, and coal fire from heaven like Elijah. Yes, I understand that. It is not productive to say it out loud or to write it on a website. Well, I actually think it's wrong. It's it's the opposite, if you know, from what the one um, from Pretoria Church was saying, in that they said they're going to um, be welcoming, but call people to perfect love and piety, which is what Jesus says. You know, be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Even though we cannot be. So we can't, right? As far as, like, we still have the sinful flesh, and so we will still have sin. And anybody who says they don't have sin is a liar, as First John would say. However... Um, no one here is perfect and no one is expected to be. We actually are expected as Christians to be perfect. That doesn't mean you lose your salvation if you aren't perfect, and clearly nobody is here, but we are expected to be. The call is to be perfect. Jesus calls us to perfection, and therefore 
that's a very low bar. You're actually not challenging anybody with that. You're anti-challenging them. You're saying don't change, which I don't like. So that's, so you read it and you're like, okay, relationship with Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh-huh. And that you, people sin. You might read the no one perfect here. So it might look good, but I don't like that. And that starts to speak to some of the weaknesses of River Valley. Then if you go down, they've got their mission and their values and their vision. When I just, their mission is just the same as what we just read. I look at their vision. Their vision says, our vision is to change the world. We don't see that as an impossibility as we serve a God who thrives in using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So you see, pause, you see that River Valley is not afraid of saying that God can do the impossible, that they think it's impossible that people be called out of sin. Anyways, some of the weaknesses of River Valley. Our goal is to see lives change through dozens of physical locations across the globe. Millions of people influenced through our online community. 500 people sent out from our church as long-term missionaries and a network of 1,000 churches to give $1 million annually to missions, resulting in $1 billion given to missions every year. We'd love for you to be part of it and help us fulfill God's vision. So money, which is, I mean, God gives money. Money is important. Um, but money doesn't really do anything. Like $1 billion given to missions every year is like, that's a great high number. But what does that actually mean? What are you accomplishing? Yeah, what are you actually accomplishing? And then two, um, notice they say through dozens of physical locations and millions of people influenced through our online community, it's a lot of, we get big. We send out 500 missionaries. We get big. We have through dozens, we have dozens of physical locations. We influence millions of people online. It's ambitious. So I liked the ambition of the previous one, the Rotoria Community Church. Why not the ambition here? Because this one's very self-aggrandizing. It's not the church aggrandizing, it's self-aggrandizing. Mm-hmm. We're going to have these physical locations. And I, I commend the vision to have a great impact on the world. Absolutely. And every church truly wants to influence millions of people because they want to convert millions of people. However, I think it's much more balanced, fruitful, and uh, God-honoring to be prepared to split your church and to not have dozens of physical locations, but to split. And just to point back to my church, I'm biased, of course, but Bethlehem Baptist Church went multi-campus because John Piper's such a big preacher and they didn't know what to do, so they went multi-campus because that's what everybody was doing. But right now, they're planning to split the campuses off and make them their own churches, not just planning, they're doing it. It's inevitable. They're doing it next year. So, like, that takes a lot of guts because, like I said, there's revenue attached to all those churches and some of them mm-hmm. um, aren't as solvent as others and they have debt and whatever else. Um, so there's complications to splitting them, but I think it's the proper thing to do. It's much better for the congregation. It's even better for the elders that run those particular churches. It's very not good to have multiple physical locations for one single church. So I, uh, I don't like this vision or the mission. So I'm going to give it a big thumbs down. It's not the biggest thumbs down. It's not like, you know, burn the heretics. It's more just like this sounds like a wrong mission for a potentially good church i would remove you touched on, on the influence and um the money i have been influenced by churches that probably i will never sit foot in praise god that i'm able to see their sermons or their commentaries or whatever it may be mm-hmm. all over the u.s around the world i've seen churches in peru praise god that i live in a time we all live in a time that we can see that this is self-serving just the, the verbiage Maybe the intention wasn't there. Based on the words, it sounds like... <laughs> well, look at the words. Because like... it's not just influenced millions of people influenced um, by us. It's through our online community, essentially. We did it our, because well, of me. Well, it's our online community. So they become part of our online community. Oh, okay, yeah. Whereas like Apologia or James White or whatever, you're not part of his online community. You're just somebody who listens to him. Right. Like you could contribute, I guess, become... Yes part of his community but like 
Glory be to God, not to the church. Right. Case, yeah. I applaud. We don't see as an impossibility as we serve God who thrives in using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Yeah. These church, this church tends to be more on the charismatic side. So they obviously do believe in actual gifts of the spirit and miracles happening in this day and age, which I will speak for my church. They're not exactly very familiar on what the Holy Spirit does. So it's not in a purpose statement, but because it is from a more traditional background in the U.S., of course, tradition in the U.S., they lack that knowledge of an understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit. So again, this is a congratulations on them for having the pants to put them on their website that they're not afraid to say miracles happen in this day and age by ordinary people. That's mm -hmm. how I take it. But we'd love for you to be a part and help us fulfill God's vision. That seems very squishy to me. It's like, come, come, like repent and believe. That's what I was hoping a more, a more, a more uh, dramatic call to repentance yeah. and joy. Although this isn't their statement of faith, but I would say yes um, to all that. I do think it's squishy, um, <laughs> but credit where it's due. Uh -huh. This the both these mission statements, the vision and the mission statement, both give a pretty good idea of the church. Like their methods are through dozens of physical locations and online community and missionaries, right? And giving. So like those are their methods. Are they nearly as good as the others we saw? I don't think so. Um I disagree with some of them, but they are at least plain. Like these are useful mission statements to figure out what they are. It's not just like blah 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 speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so good on them for that. Again, I disagree with them on several points, but like I appreciate the transparency and some of the boldness. We're now going to flip to a obvious bad church, not a Christian church, an evil church, false church. We've we've reviewed this lady before. It's Pastor Dawn. She is a Canadian pastorette from a fake Lutheran church up there in Canada, and we're going to look at their about section. So I want you to notice a couple of things besides the the less flashy formatting the website and like put that aside. Um, you also see a rainbow cross um, that could be great, you know, rainbow over the cross, you know, God's sign of peace to the earth that he wouldn't flood us. And then that, that could be great. How about you read it for us, Sebastian? Yeah, either it's either the flag of God or the flag of the Inca Empire or the flag of uh, LGBT plus. Yeah. One of those. It's, it's one of those. It's one yeah. of those. <laughs> ah, progressive in approach, Christ-like in action. Okay, that word already. He's giving us hints. I like, you know, not that you want to read too much into word order, but that they're political and then they're Christ-like. <laughs> like, the, the first thing you read is that they are political. Like, what if we said conservative in approach? It would just sound like unordered, but yeah, it is unordered, okay? As a compassionate, justice-seeking, progressive Christian community, we seek new ways of connecting with God, ourselves, and our neighbors. Again, we have gone over Pastor done in one of her sermons before you can watch one of our episodes on that and how we go point by point in how she has pretty much abandoned christianity orthodox christianity she doesn't really believe in god that's really what it is she just <laughs> believes in like the things that some of the things some choice some of the things that god preached about yes i appreciate her honesty because she doesn't really dance or try to use clever words she States what she believes. So we have gone over that. Watch our video. Well, some her. of them are all code words, right? Like compassionate, justice-seeking, progressive. No, 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 yeah, no, words, but no, yeah. Not on the website here, but on our episode when oh, we sure, decide sure. for more details on specifically on what she believes. We seek to be a welcoming, inclusive Christian community that strives to live out our faith by being love in the world. 
We enjoy being challenged and nurtured through worship, educational opportunities, music, and laughter. We see first time I see laughter, so I mean that's interesting. We seek peace and justice by responding to the needs of our neighbors. Okay, you know that last sentence. It seems a you know pretty generic Christian. We all want to serve uh, our community. You want to. All the churches said something like that, or some of the, some of the churches said something like that. Mm-hmm. So, what should stand out to? I mean, what stands out to me? What tells me what they're all about? Welcoming, inclusive. We saw the same word being used. Well, not inclusive, but welcoming for the first church from yeah. New Zealand. From who's very not this way, right? Like anti-LGBTQ. Uh-huh. So you see, same word, and. Same similar phrasing, mm-hmm. but completely different message. Live out our faith and being love in the world. Love is a Christian belief, yes, for sure. I have yet. I mean, you're gonna notice. We're gonna see if there's any call to come to Christ and repent. We'll see if that is. I also think it's kind of funny that she said, that they say they say we enjoy being challenged and nurtured. So challenged through worship. Definitely, like some good worship songs challenge you, right? Because they have like, I submit everything to God, I surrender everything, whatever else, challenging God. Educational opportunities, being taught things that you don't agree with or, or learning, I can see the challenge there. And of course, being nurtured. Um, music, same same thing with worship, music. And laughter. I wonder if they'd appreciate challenging laughter when you laugh at them. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay, we're going to see if this is the flag of God, think I empire or LGBT. It's one of those, or all of the above. As followers of Christ, all members of Holy Cross Lutheran Church are compelled by the gospel to seek reconciliation and wholeness in a world that is all too often an unloving place. Interesting. Any comments so far? Uh, well, I appreciate that uh, they recognize the world is wicked and that they seek reconciliation and wholeness to God, but that's not spelled out. So I wonder what it means there, reconciliation and wholeness. Mm -hmm. Is it to yourself, I wonder? Yeah, and seeking reconciliation is um, probably the weakest part there because you should have reconciliation and wholeness in God as opposed to seeking it. Seeking it means you're in some, like, not to use the political word, but a progressive increase of holiness like uh, eastern orthodox or christian th- or catholic thing so the seeking there is my key word that this mm. is not good therefore rejoicing god's abandoned grace we extend a special welcome to all whether you are gay straight queer lesbian bisexual or transgender whatever your country of origin or ancestry whether you are a believer a doubter or a seeker in God's love, we welcome you so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can work together to usher in God's reign of justice, peace, and mercy. A lot of Christian lingo there. Yes, minus the LGBTQ thing. Yes. But something is amiss. There's you remember the welcome out. Yeah. to right, holy living. It is good to work together. And we are, this is, a, I mean, this is actually a positive usher in God's reign of justice. So it's actually a positive rather than a defeatist attitude, I would say. And rejoicing in God's grace, of course. But you see, there is no challenge here to the individual, which 
I have observed also with other progressive churches, they are very welcoming. But if you also notice, there's no calling for repentance, transformation of the character. What makes me say this? Whether you are a believer, a doubter, or a seeker. How can you be a doubter and be a Christian? You cannot. You can have moments of doubt, but... But you're not identified as a doubter, right? Yeah. Right. And in, equally a seeker. Like, how is a seeker going to work together to usher in God's reign of justice? I, mean, I guess, like, as a co-belligerent, but not really as part of your church. And the problem here, like, besides the, the obvious, you know, like, they just come <laughs> out and say whether you're gay, straight, queer, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, whatever country where, like, obviously it's woke as all get out, and the rainbow clearly means something that it, that isn't neutral. Um, but the even if you remove that this that the problem here is that it is so squishy and it, it reflects back on river valley which is not lgbtq friendly by the way um but they could be based off their mission statements right because their mission statements are like you if you sin shrug oh well nobody's perfect and we don't want you to be <laughs> okay uh, i mean i'm putting words in their mouths because that's not exactly what they said but similar vibrations from both um, but this one you know goes full woke and um you, know, you don't even have reconciliation with God and whatever else. So this mission statement, kind of sneaky. And if there wasn't the giant statement about being gay and then the rainbow and then it wasn't Pastor Don and it wasn't like on a super old website, it could trick you into thinking this is an orthodox website. So you just have to watch for some of the keywords and how they phrase their mission statement. Is this a very useful mission statement? Um, no, it's, it's dumb. Um, it does say they're going to let in gay people, which is like, okay, got it. Um, but like, past that all of its jargon and garbage i mean they're going to worship they're going to teach each other they're going to have music which is kind of redundant and then they're going to laugh i mean and they're going to try to usher in god's reign of justice but there's no like how are you going to do that it doesn't even say like we'll march or whatever i mean i don't know what they do they probably do march or like whole bake sales not really sure what they do but it's not useful for their congregation i'm glad it's not because they have a sucky congregation and a terrible mission so um, it shouldn't be too bad but bad mission statement um for all those reasons above Let's land then. On greener pastures or not so it, much it, greener? It is greener. Um, we're going to land on Hillsong. If you don't know Hillsong, they're a big church, huge music ministry, and pretty problematic, to use the less word, full of problems. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into all the problems because this isn't really a review of Hillsong, but just know that similar to River Valley, Hillsong is loosey-goosey. Sin isn't really a big deal. Um, however, they are even bigger than, than River Valley, and so they have even more money to their mission statement. So it should either be even more corporate garbage and less useful, or it should be great. We'll see which one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what it is. They are bigger than all of the churches you've seen so far combined. combined yeah. So, <laughs> so mission statement. They've got another short run, just like River Valley, to reach and influence the world by building a large Christ-centered Bible-based church, changing mindsets and empowering people to lead an impact in very in every sphere of life. That is their mission, super short. You'll notice they explicitly say their mission is building a large Christ-centered Bible-based church. So I like the Bible-based. Should always be. Mm -hmm. so that, that tells you that they're orthodox as far as that goes, right? They're not disbelieving. So that is a good, that's a green flag. The large Christ-centered church, that's where things can get bad. And clearly they don't think it's bad. And that's their thing, that they want a large church. And we should want large amounts of people to come to Christ. But wanting a large church, notice what that doesn't allow for is letting churches go away and giving up your income and whatever else. Because when River Valley grows, 
they keep all the income because they just make another branch themselves. And equally, when Hillsong grows, they keep all the income because they just make it another branch themselves. Now, the income can go to the local building, some of the local staff, but ultimately it comes up to Hillsong. So making one large Christ-centered church um, is also less empowering for the local congregation. Uh, there's there's a lot of problems with, with multi-tenant campuses. Um, it's not the biggest problem in a church, but to make it your mission is very problematic. Like if you if you incidentally have multiple ministers, multiple campuses because of something or some mistake or because you thought it was the best way to handle things, totally understand it. But uh, aiming to have a large church in that way, in a centralized way, is just not a good idea. But there's no super red flags besides that in the mission statement. There's not even a sin thing. Very. And then they have gigantic. If you yeah, if you scroll down to the church, I now see is the title, and it's this huge thing. It's a, it's a big vision thing of like, I see dreams of green, red roses too. It's just like a big dream. Global family, one house with many rooms. Again, one church, many branches. I, I mean, after what you said, unified vision, apostolic calling, visionary nature, committed to boldly impacting millions for Christ in significant cities and nations throughout the earth. With the greatest of all causes, the cause of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to want to impact millions of people. It's just how you go about it. Yeah, and if you read through all these, they basically all say the exact same thing, and that is that they see a future filled with goodness, and they're also Christian. Like the next one is, I see church that champions the cause of local churches everywhere, encourages them to be all that God has called them to be. That's cool so i guess they're the local churches except they branch themselves out different places so i don't know how true that is but okay I mean, that's amiable a church that refuses to be content with the triumphs of the past but is constantly looking towards the future but with a vision that inspires and influences many positioned in the heart of culture in a great diverse urban centers case a city focused i see buildings that struggle to contain the increase of all that god is doing so they get big so they get big so we've got urban local big unified i see church that is big enough to dream on a global scale yet personal enough for everyone to find their place i see a church that beckons welcome home to every man woman and child that walks through the door so they're welcoming i mean none of this is super practical but i guess they're aiming for the cities they're local but they're also global and they are big they're innovative they have good songs okay so we have some stuff here they've got good songs I'm just reading through it. If you can read it on your own time, you can. They say, The church that I see is a worshiping church whose songs reflect such a passion for Christ that others sense his magnificence and power. A distinct sound that emanates from a healthy church, contagious in spirit, creating music that resounds from the villages and tribes to great cities and nations. So, making good songs. Okay, so there, there is some practical stuff in here. I honestly was trying to make it a reference to um, a really non-practical Garbo thing because it's kind of repeating the same thing. But I'm actually, now that I'm reading through it more and more, I see some of their stuff. So they're making songs, they're in urban centers. They want to get really big. Um, they also want to go global while also being local. I think that's kind of oxymoronic um, if they don't have a way to do that except for making new Hillsong churches. They make a network. See church that leadership is unified in their commitment to authenticity, credibility, the quality of its heart. Leaders who dare to be themselves, yet live securely the knowledge that what they are part of is bigger than the part they play. Blah, blah. I mean, that's some real garbage. I mean, <laughs> I mean, garbage like it's evil. I mean, garbage like that's kind of a useless word. 
I see like-spirited churches in cities of influence that exemplify faithless faithfulness manifested in bricks and mortar. Churches of supernatural provision of buildings and properties. So big, big churches everywhere. Interesting. So that's the, the future. Generous heart. That's Brian Houston from 2014. Amazing. Anyways, so you see, that's kind of a bigger corporate one um, with some global ambitions, but uh, I don't know. I don't like it. It's actually doesn't seem as troublesome as <laughs> as uh, you were expecting. River Valleys, yeah. I, I picked it because I thought it was super corporate generic, but I guess not as corporate generic as you might think. Um, they've got some real plans there, and the church I see now is just currently what they are. Ah, this is from 1993. AC. Amazing. So there you go. Six different mission statements. I hope you saw the differences between them, and um, you definitely heard us rant about them. I really like the first one. Like I said, uh, I commend churches to make uh, practical ones like that that are well-balanced and have specifics, but they're not freakishly specific. That it doesn't give you flexibility. Um, but notice also that a lot of the mission statements are kind of similar. There's some useless language in there. Um, but ultimately... The reason you make a mission statement is so that you can preach it to your congregation and you can actually use it. So if it's really great, but you never preach on it, then then it's useless. And if it's really great, but it's huge and nobody can read it, um, like this one, it's not that great. It's really short. I mean, the, the mission statement is actually really short, but the actual meat of it is really long and kind of weird. So be careful. And then, of course, if you're super woke and your mission statement is therefore woke, well, that's your problem, not really your mission statement. Any last comments before we close up, Sebastian? There's always areas for improvement, suggestion. If you ever make a mission statement, have it be, you know, clear. If you believe the Bible is real, say the Bible is, we hold that the Bible is real. Uh-huh. Be concise, be clear, to the point. And ideally, you challenge the reader in one way or another. That's something that you can see, you know. I clear. I like my church, but I say that there's definitely room for improvement with the mission statement. It needs to be more proactive in calling people to Christ and less wordy. We went over the first the first example, which is you know spot on. As a good Englishman, I don't know if they also say that in New Zealand and Australia. New Zealander, a Kiwi, yeah, yeah, and the phrase spot on. I mean, oh sure, and. I think it is good in this day and age now because Christians can have a defeatist attitude to have a more uplifting mission statement that you can either cite on the fly or you know, just on a prompt, prompt it up on a Sunday service just to review, recap. What are we doing? Why are we here? As the, specifically this church. Are we doing these things? Are we not doing these things? And if not, what do we need to change? Yeah, that's more succinct than I can put it. So I'm just going to wrap up now. Thanks for listening. We've been the Found Cause. or found our cause in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been Michael Behem behind the machine. And to my right has been... Sebastian, the bookkeeper. If you want to see the rest of our episodes, you can go to foundcause.podbean.com and download them all for listening pleasure. That is audio only though, and you won't get to see the cool church websites. If you want to see the videos, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash foundcause or search us up on YouTube at the Found Cause on YouTube. We're also on Spotify and iTunes and wherever else you might find your podcast. So... Till next time, we'll be talking about something completely different. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.